So we're going to do part two tonight on faith and the power of God. If you'd open your Bibles this evening to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And notice with me in verse 2 through 5. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Now, Paul was educated, but he wasn't depending on his education. And he said, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And in verse 4, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but rather in demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God. Amen. And notice with me in verse 5, So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the very power of God. And so the Apostle Paul was very cognizant of the God who lived on the inside of him. And he was more interested in pleasing God and saying what God was saying rather than what perhaps some of the Corinthians wanted to hear. And so he addressed the Corinthian church head on. The Corinthian church in that day was kind of like the Las Vegas of our day. There was a lot of looseness. There was a lot of things going on in the church. And yet it was a church that Paul really believed in. He told them, look, you guys don't come behind in any good thing. In other words, you've got the goods. But what you need to be very cognizant and aware of is not to yield to carnality, but make sure you're yielding to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, he talked about how puffed up some of them were. How many of you know that knowledge puffeth up, but, edi- but charity edifies? Now notice, he said, Now you are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them that are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Now, the context of this is this. There were those in the Corinthian church, there were Christians who loved high-sounding words, but Paul brought them the true gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Now, that word puffed up that we looked at, essentially, Paul threatens to pop the bubble, if you will, of those puffed-up gas bags. And that's, some writer wrote that, I can't remember who it was. But that's what, you know, a lot of head knowledge does. It gives place to pride, and we all know it happens to the proud. The proud fall, okay? And so Paul just wanted them to know that he was not coming with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. And God's Word in and of itself is full of power. It is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the very intents of the heart. And then writing to the church of Thessalonica in chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, For our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in what? And in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you 
for your sake. So as we look at this subject of faith and the power of God for a few minutes tonight, we need to remind ourselves of a couple of things. Number one, His power on you. Now, this coming Sunday, we're going to do a tremendous meeting. We're going to, first of all, preach on great grace in the morning. But then Brenda's going to talk about, on Pentecost Sunday, the fire of God. And so we're going to praise God, get recharged tonight, going to get edified Sunday morning and refired Sunday night. And of course, the purpose of Pentecost is for power and for that power that's among us and on us for us to be witnesses wherever we are. For us to demonstrate the power of God to the society, to the culture in which we live. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So the Holy Ghost comes upon us. He empowers us. He endues us. He clothes us with power from on high. And not just so that we can have a good time in church and run around the building. And I like to do all that. If we had chandeliers, I wouldn't mind swinging from them. I can dance with the best of them. I used to be able to run with the best of them. So the purpose of Pentecost, as T.L. Osborne points out, it's to give witness, it's to give proof that Jesus Christ is alive. He's the resurrected one, and His resurrected power is still flowing today. So in Acts 1.8, He said, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you're going to be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Hayward, San Leandro, Oakland, San Francisco, glory to God. What did I miss? Newark, Union City, wherever you're at, the power of God is upon us. And then we can get happy, because didn't we enjoy good presence tonight in worship? Didn't we enjoy a good word from heaven and a good time of prayer? So the power of God is upon all of us, but in a corporate setting, the whole church here in Hayward, the whole church in the heart, at Heart of the Bay, we have a collective corporate anointing where the power of God is so stirred up on the inside of us and upon us that He just moves among us. And He encourages us. And He quickens us. And He recharges us. And He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. Hallelujah. So number one, His power on you. But number two, His power in you. His power in us. Now Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, in Ephesians 6.10, he's writing at the very end of his epistle or his letter to the church of Ephesus. And he begins to talk to them about spiritual warfare. But one of the things that he reminds them of before he talks about the whole armor of God and entering into the arena of prayer, he says in verse 10, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through what? Be empowered through your union with Him Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. 
So is there power in you? Is there power in you? Is there something that God wants to do in you with his power so that it can work for you and through you? Ephesians 3.20, and P.T. did such a great job tonight, and he alluded to this, Ephesians, the third chapter in the 20th verse. I want you to read with me. Ready? Please read. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all... That's thinking big, isn't it, P.T.? (laughs) That's awesome. He's able. He's willing. He's God. He's good. And he wants us to have an expansion on the inside of us so that we can have enough going on in here so that we can receive the exceeding abundantly above. Now notice, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it is according now or in direct proportion to the power of God that's doing what? He didn't say the power of God that's lying dormant in us. His power in you should be working. And if it's not working, it should be stirred up. (laughs) Hallelujah. His power in you worketh mightily. So, it's according to His power working in us. For there to be power working in us, His power already must be in us. Amen? So let's talk just for a few moments tonight about His power working in us. Did you know that wherever He is, His power is there? He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And the all-powerful one lives in you. Oh, come on. Raise your right hand up and say, Almighty God, the omnipotent one, He lives in me. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so then, having faith in His power will enable you and I to come up in many areas of our lives. Is anyone interested in coming up? We're thankful for where we are, but God does not want us to stay where we are. He wants us to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, grace to grace, and strength to strength. All of us, Pastor Brenda even, all of us can come up. He's calling us. There's an upward call on you and on me. With him, when his power comes up in our lives, oh, praise God, we'll see more demonstrations. We'll see more manifestations of his goodness in our lives, in our loved ones' lives. We'll see more love abounding when His power is prevalent. We will see the very goodness of God in the land of our lives as we allow His power to come up 
in us. Amen. So the more power working in us, the more he is able to do way out beyond what we can ask or think. Amen. There's a connection there. Amen. So how then do I get the power of God working in my life? Well, I stir it up. But the other thing I must do and we must do is talk about it. His power is in me. Praise God. His power is at work in me. Both to do and to will of his good pleasure. And here's another big key to his power working effectually in us. And that is to become God inside minded. God inside minded. For we are the very temples of the Holy Ghost. Which is in us. Which we have of God. And we are not our own. Becoming God inside minded then will enable us to walk in greater degrees of his glory and of his power. Now here's a big step in the direction to having this occur in our lives. It's important for us to acknowledge his power is in us. Now notice in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and we notice in verse 6 and in verse 7, it says, For God, who commands the light to shine out of darkness, you know he's still doing that today? He's, compa- he's, <laughs> he's commanding through the body of Christ, through his church, light to shine out of darkness. He hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And in verse 7 Notice this with me. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure. We have this treasure. Say, I have this treasure. Say it again. I have this treasure. Now notice, it's in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. Now, I particularly like the Passion Translation of this verse, and I want you to notice this with me. It says, For God who said, Let brilliant light shine out of darkness, He is the one who has cascaded His light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious, verse, next, go on, knowledge of God as we gaze in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Something, and I could say it even better than that, someone amazing is living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something amazing, someone amazing lives in you. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. And let's... What do you say we enjoy that? What do you say we become more God inside minded? Amen? Not circumstances around us minded? But Christ in us. The very hope of the glory of God. Now look with me to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Well actually I'm, I'm moving too quick. Look at Colossians chapter 1. 
Verse 26 and 27. Praise God. Someone say recharge. What's happening? Our batteries are getting recharged. Our spirits are getting stronger. Just by what we're hearing. Just by being in the presence of God tonight. Now notice this. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. So it was a mystery. But now that we're born again, there's no more mystery. It's now made manifest. Another way we could say it is this. It's made known to his saints or to every child of God. And here's what he's made known to us. Verse 27. To whom God would make known. Oh, I like that. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery? The riches of the glory of this mystery. Had you not got born again, you would have never, ever known the riches of his glory. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Read the rest with me. Which is Christ. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Let's just keep that up there for a moment. Christ translated the anointed one and his anointing. Christ, the anointed one himself, and his anointing in you. So when we're talking about the power of God in you, we're talking about the anointing in you. And what does that anointing do? That anointing teaches us. That anointing leads us. That anointing, hey, it removes burdens and destroys yokes. So Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing in you. And notice with me the rest of that verse, the hope of glory. Because Christ is in you and his anointing is working in you and for you and through you, it brings tremendous hope. And hope will never disappoint. It brings a tremendous hope translated expectation. So break this down. The anointed one, his anointing working in you, which is the expectation, the looking forward to, the anticipation of his glory working in you and through you and manifesting himself all around. Hallelujah. So lift up your hands and say, Christ in me, the anointed one in his anointing. He's in me. He's the hope of glory. Woo, I like that. Mm. I, I think of, uh, when I think of the word Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, a scripture that has helped me throughout my entire Christian walk. I mean, from the time 
It was in the 70s when I first got born again, when I went out on my first pass from the treatment center, and I was a little bit nervous about being out there in the world again because I'd been shut up in a treatment center for months, and I was kind of a little bit unstable, you know, not sure what, you know, was going to take place. But I got a hold of Philippians 4.13. You know, I, I read a book by Norman Vincent Peale. I don't know that much about Norman Vincent Peale, but one of the verses that he absolutely dug deep into was Philippians 4.13. And I got a hold of that verse, and here's what Philippians 4.13 says, and let's read it together. I can do all things through Christ. Now let's keep that up there for a minute. Notice this. I can do. A friend of mine preached a message years ago, success comes in cans. I can do. Whatever the devil tells us you can't do, you can do. But it is through Christ. It is through the anointed one and his anointing woo glory now notice this which strengthens me what this is saying the anointed one and his anointing enable us to do all things and that anointing strengthens me hallelujah, hallelujah. take hold of that verse believe that verse act on that verse when people say you can't rise up and say yes I can I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when people say you just don't belong here say yes I do praise God I'm a child of God now look at that verse from the amplified version you all listen so good now the purpose of tonight is not to go on and on and on we're being recharged amen so take it and take it quick and take it good. Let's read this together. Ready, read. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient. His power in you makes you self-sufficient through Christ is sufficiency hallelujah well I made it through that pass I took a Greyhound bus from Wilbur Minnesota to Minneapolis to my parents house and I didn't use hallelujah and I think it's 45 years later and haven't used yet to God be the glory it's because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us he's the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So something amazing is inside of you. Look at Galatians 2, 2 verse 20. Galatians 2 verse 20 is another great verse of scripture. We're talking about faith in the power of God. I have faith in the God of power who lives in me. Verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. Christ the anointed one. And his anointing drops by every now and then. No, thank God he lives in you. 
And as a result of that, the life which I now live in the flesh, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Say this with me. The anointed one and his power is in me. And as he is, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's give him praise just for a few moments. Glory to God. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Woo, hallelujah. What is man that you are mindful of him? Who are we? Oh, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking us out of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us from all of the enemy's plans for our lives. Christ, the anointed one, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Thank you, Lord. In closing, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. I love this verse of Scripture. and I don't want to get clinical on this, but I do want you to make sure you've got your ears on. Got your ears on, good buddy? Everybody got your ears on. Hebrews 1.3. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, He is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Read the rest with me. Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power when he had by himself offered himself accomplished. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love it. So now notice this. We all read it together. He's upholding and maintaining, propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word. His power is keeping the planets together. Earth is not our mother. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I've got news for anyone who might ask, we are not going to run out. We are not going to go under. We are going over. Why? Because he's propelling and he's upholding the entire universe by the word of his power. Now I saw this word uphold years ago. Let me define to you what the word uphold means. It means to confirm or support something perhaps that has been questioned. It means to support or to defend as against opposition or criticism. 
It means to defend or maintain a principle or law or to state that a decision has already been made. He upholds this whole universe by the word of his power. No matter what the scientists may say. No matter what the geniuses in government are trying to sell us. There's always questions. There's always accusations. Doesn't that remind you of something from Revelation? Satan himself is the accuser of the brethren. God has given us a covenant and his covenant will hold you up. His covenant of healing will heal you if you're sick and keep you well if you're well. His covenant of provision will meet your need It will give you the desires of your heart. We have a covenant with God and He's upholding it by the word of His power. So no matter what the accuser of the brethren may come with his questions in your soul, if you were really healed, you wouldn't have that pain. Or if your needs were really met, you wouldn't be struggling with that bill. Come on, somebody. And I came by just to say to you tonight is that God's Word upholds, defends, preserves, protects, confirms, support you over all the questions, the criticisms, and the accusations of the enemy. And so here's our part. Our part is to stir the power of God up in us and take authority and state a decisive decision of our blood covenant that's already upheld by the head of the church. Get sassy with the devil. He comes along talking bad, talking sad, telling you this and telling you that. Oh yeah, devil, is that right? Is that right? Huh? You say that? Well, let me tell you what my God said. It is written. It is written. And my God, by His power, will uphold my stand on the Word because I stand on the covenant with a covenant-keeping God.